0: Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. It's your girl, Denise Salcedo. And today it is Tuesday, January 23rd. And what a freaking day it has been. Um, there has been so much pro wrestling news throughout the entire day. Um, from the second that I woke up, and I woke up early today, I was already two hours behind in terms of just like breaking news early in the morning. And the big thing of 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 course, coming out of today is that WWE Monday Night Raw is moving over to none other than Netflix, which is literally the biggest streaming platform. Uh, Everybody knows Netflix; so many people have Netflix, and just to think that this is finally happening—like I remember several years ago, kind of talking about this on one of the prediction shows where Sean and I were talking about, you know, the possibility of a wrestling show going to Netflix. And now, you know, fast forward like what, two, three years? All of a sudden, we finally have the company WWE going to Netflix. And so that has been like the biggest story uh, throughout the entire day, Um, followed also by The Rock uh, becoming a board of directors, joining the board of directors over with WWE. So there's just so much freaking happening. Uh, I think my first thoughts in regards to the Netflix deal, first of all, I mean, here's the thing. And most of you guys already know this, but when you talk about like the thing that is popular in mainstream worlds, it is literally Netflix. Like any TV show, documentary, movie that comes out on Netflix, chances are if you tweet about it or if you talk about it with a friend or a family member, they know about it. So it's one of those things where a lot of people we've been talking about how there's a lot of people that do like cord cutting and there's a lot of people that choose to go instead with streaming platforms. And one of those main ones is definitely Netflix. So uh, I feel like this is a really exciting move. It's so it's going to be so freaking weird uh, to watch Raw on Netflix instead of how we normally do on freaking USA on cable. So that's going to be totally different. But on top of that, um, we still don't know for sure exactly what day Raw is going to be on whether or not it's going to remain Monday Night Raw or not. It's still yet to be known. Uh, We still don't have those additional details, but um, I hope that it stays on Mondays primarily because I feel there is so much change happening and I can't imagine Raw not being on Monday nights. It would just be so freaking weird for me and I'm sure for a lot of you here. Um, And I'm kind of tripping now because I'm thinking, oh my God, like what is uh, the wrestling week going to look like come 2025. And so there's just so many unanswered questions. Um, We still need to know like a lot more about this primarily like what date is going to be on is the times going to change like how is it going to work I don't know Um, but I'm really looking forward to it I'm excited I think the partnership with WWE and Netflix is going to be like game changing and uh, I'm looking forward to it guys but that was really like the big story that broke today and then in regards to The Rock The Rock being part of the board of directors I just think is so freaking cool because The Rock is not only you know, such a iconic figure in pretty much all of mainstream pop culture and all of that. But within particularly we're talking about pro wrestling here we all know the rock and him come how he started how he started this whole thing uh in pro wrestling like all wrestling fans know and love the rock and so not only is he respected and appreciated and adored by the fans but he also has that uh you know respect from the talent people that look up to him like how many people don't always say that they want to be like the rock they want to go to WWE, they want to go to hollywood like he really really said a path that I think a lot of people would love to follow. Obviously it's very hard. Not a lot of people have been able to we've of course seen John Cena and Batista go off and do their own things in Hollywood, but uh, nobody has done it to the level of The Rock. But on top of that, he's a businessman. So not only does he have the talent, the respect and all of that, but he's a businessman. He owns like a bunch of different stuff. Obviously he had the dealings with the Val. He's got his tequila drink and God knows what other stuff that I don't even know about that The Rock is actually doing in terms of the business side of things so i feel like this is just a really really smart decision to bring somebody like him in into that capacity uh for the company so personally like right now things are looking really freaking good uh, i'm excited for 2025 guys um so a lot of different news that was breaking uh today a lot of things to get excited about but we're gonna go ahead and get into nxt because that's what tuesdays are all about is nxt of course if you guys have any questions or any topics that you want me to touch on in regards to a lot of the news that broke here today. uh, You're more than welcome to send in your questions. Of course, if you send in a super chat, that really helps support this podcast and support this uh, show overall. And when I tell you guys, uh, today has been like an insane freaking day because not only was there all of this wrestling news, I got stuck in traffic for two freaking hours and then I'm finally leaving And my battery dies. So I had to wait for AAA for 30 freaking minutes and then take another hour, uh, in traffic to then go to the dentist, and the dentist did some stuff to me, and it was not fun. Uh, come home, watch NXT, try to keep up with all of the wrestling news, and get into you know what I normally do. So it's just been like this crazy freaking day. So I'm excited just to talk pro wrestling and chill with everybody here. So uh let's get to it. uh First of all, thank you so much to Ebony Prince, who's been a DWO member for three months now. Who says hi, Denise? I enjoyed NXT. Congratulations to Ava Rain. That's gonna be a big topic for today. Okay. Sheldon Jackson just gifted five DWO memberships. Thank you so much to Sheldon. For those of you who are members of the DWO BTW, I just posted a message on the community page letting you guys know that the 60 um, oldest DWO members, and I mean oldest by how long you've been a member, not by age, <laughs> the oldest DWO members, uh, the 60 oldest ones, will be automatically included into a separate royal rumble pool that i am doing exclusively for youtube members i'm also doing one on twitter um that accidentally got enter me trending at number eight on united states trends on twitter guys like what the hell i got enter me trending in the pro wrestling category <laughs> and it was all because i put uh that was part of the 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 thing that people had to do was put enter me in the comments and I thought it was going to trend with the hashtag Royal Rumble, but instead it trended with enter me so I was way off on that but it was freaking funny actually so uh, best thing that's happened to me all year. We got Steven here who says, I got to spend my birthday hanging out with the best post show host in the galaxy. Now, the question is, will we get an interference during the women's title match? Um, First of all, happy birthday, man. I can't believe it's your birthday. Hope you're having an awesome one. I feel like pro wrestling definitely gave you a lot today to think about, celebrate, all of that stuff. So it looks like you're having a pretty damn good day. Uh, and in regards to the uh, actual matchup between Roxanne Perez and Lyra Valkyra, I Hope not, but there is a possibility. We'll talk more about that in a second. Andrew Tam says, hi, Denise. Um, will you be attending Friday's GCW show in Tampa or Saturday midnight show in Tampa? Um, I do not know, actually, because Friday I'm supposed to be attending a community event for WWE, and I think that ends like around 6 o'clock or something like that. And so immediately after that, I got a lot of work to do because, you know, i edit all my videos and stuff and get those out there. So I'm probably going to be working. Plus I got to wake up really early the next day on Saturday, uh, for, for busted open for just like a bunch of stuff. So I'm probably not going to be at the show. Um, but I, if you are there, I hope you enjoy the show a whole lot. Uh, GCW always puts on really great freaking shows, man. Like you're going to love everything. I'm sure you already probably know that if you're going to a show, but Andrew, thank you so much for that super chat. Um, all right. So let's get to it everybody i want to kick things off so in regards to nxt i want to kick things off with the ava rain news and uh the appearance of william regal so some of you guys are probably wondering ah william regal was on nxt what happened so it's kind of was this passing of the torch moment where william regal comes out of Shawn michaels's office and i'm thinking oh shit this is going to be his return um this is going to be like the moment where they make some sort of announcement that william regal is here because william regal has been back in wwe for the longest time right and we haven't seen him on screen i'm not exactly sure Um, you know, in what capacity or what he's been doing behind the scenes. I'm really not too sure on that. But we have not seen or really heard much at all from William Regal since he returned to WWE following his AEW days. And so it's not looking like William Regal is going to be doing much on the on-screen side of NXT. And the reason for that is he has passed the torch to none other than Ava Rain. So Ava Rain is now the brand new WWE NXT GM. She's the GM, everybody. And this is funny because somebody last week here in the chat, you deserve kudos, man, because somebody brought that up in the chat that there was going to be a possibility of Ava Rain becoming general manager. And when I read it, I completely dismissed it. I was like, no, I don't think so. She's just going to be like a messenger. Uh, I wasn't actually expecting for her to become general manager. And I think the reason for that is we're so conditioned to these people that are in these general manager roles to be these authoritative Figures in pro wrestling, right? And usually they're dudes, and usually they're older dudes. It's not like we're used to having a young girl. As a general manager. So I think like me, like last week when someone had suggested that or brought that up, I was like, oh, no, I don't think it's going to happen, right? Like, I don't think that's the direction they're going to. Well, I was completely wrong. And Ava Rain is now the youngest uh, general manager ever in WWE. And let me tell you, when they named Ava Rain general manager, I loved that. Well, first of all, I know a lot of people were writing like on Twitter. They were making jokes about like nepotism and stuff. And I know a lot of people were probably going to think that like, oh, now that The Rock is on board of directors, Ava Rain is going to be, um, you know, putting in this position. Right. But here's the thing, though. If you've been watching NXT, uh, it's clear that I mean, clearly I dismissed it last week. But regardless, um, they were already putting her in this role for the last like what month, month and a half, somewhere around there. She had already been in, uh, you know, a role where she was this messenger uh, from Shawn Michaels uh, to the people. And so. That's what I thought she was still going to be but they made it official man and I love that I love it because it's new and that's the thing like NXT in order for NXT to continue um you know thriving and getting better and to continue seeing a growth in the program the way that we have in this year I mean sorry last year we need to they need to take chances they need to take risks they need to make bold moves they need to do things that are going to make them stand out be different and having Ava Rain as NXT general manager to me that's freaking different. And I'm excited because we've never seen anybody like Ava Rain in this type of position. So I'm rooting for her. I'm excited. Uh, I hope that this allows her to show more of her personality, to let herself like really, really come out because uh it's totally, I think, different to show your personality in a general manager sense versus a pro wrestler sense, wherever you're a pro wrestler, it just you're showing like a different type of personality than if you're supposed to be this sort of authority figure um, role. So I'm curious to see what we're going to see out of Ava Rain. And this definitely feels I mean, this is new, not just for us, but also for her. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, And as for William Regal, I don't know to expect much from William Regal on in terms of like, coming out on screen for NXT often not really expecting anything. I think this really was the passing of the torch moment. And because it was such a uh, big change, I think that that's why they had William Regal do it because William Regal has the respect of the fans, especially the NXT fans. So if you have somebody like William Regal giving the rub to Ava rain here uh, in this particular moment, it's like, okay. I am, I think people are going to be like, huh, William Ringo's okay with it. I'm okay with it. So that's kind of the way that I saw them and saw the way that they executed this entire thing. But anyways, I'm excited for Ava Rain uh, and looking forward to seeing what she's going to do. And William Ringo just basically told her to look after this brand for him. Um, All right, so here we go. Um, Someone's asking, so what will Sean's new role be? I think Sean will basically, I think he's still gonna be doing like, you know, little appearances where he makes announcements and stuff, but I think for the most part, he's gonna be handing that off uh to Ava Rain. That's my assumption on that. Uh, Stephen Steven Marchulli says, Does the Ava move indicate a move away from I'm um, from in reaction? Oh, so for Ava, it feels like it. Honestly, it feels like a bit of a different direction having Ava as a GM role. Um, unless they're gonna be using that as an opportunity for her to eventually work her way back into the ring, but I'm not expecting to see Ava in any matches if she's going to be the GM. I'm not expecting any, so I feel like either she's still clearly, you know, working at the performance center to get better and see where she goes from there, but this definitely feels like right now the focus is more so on the character side of things versus the in-ring side of things. And I mean, eventually they can tell the story where she goes from general manager to back to pro wrestler, Eventually they can do that, but right now it seems like the focus is going to be more so on uh, this element of it all. John Deller says, "What about Sean?" Um, I'm like I said, I still think we're going to see Shawn Michaels because. I mean, he's Shawn Michaels. And on top of that, like, I think the fans, like, especially want to see Shawn, especially when it comes to, like, these big announcements. Like, people love when Shawn Michaels comes out and makes announcements because it makes things feel uh, extra special. And we know that he's still the one, you know, running things and calling the shots in NXT and making these big moves and as, you know... Uh, leading this team on nxt like we all know that so i feel like we still might be seeing sean michaels when it comes to like these really big announcements probably you know um when it comes to like nxt stand and deliver like those types of things i think we might still see sean michaels but for the most part um on the weekly basis it'll be ava rain and then also more of a general uh manager presence on the show because even though sean would come out and make announcements here and there or they would have him like in his office with the sean michaels um logo on the door to signify that he had said something but we never actually saw him on camera so now ava rain is essentially replacing that so that it's we're not always just seeing a door and so now you actually have more of an authority figure running things or helping run things rather on show. So uh, yeah, that's what I think. I think it's just more so to have somebody on camera when you don't have Shawn Michaels. Uh, Thank you so much to John Deller for that super chat as well. Um, All right. So that was the first thing that was like the big thing coming off of nxt but i want to get into the second big thing and the second big thing was what closed out the show and that was the lyra valkyra roxanne perez contract signing because these two girls are going to be wrestling at vengeance day and damn all right i gotta tell you guys this please like if i had a stamp with like a little heart and my name in it I would be stamping the hell out of this entire thing (laughs) because this I feel this was like made for me guys. Like this is my cup of tea right here. Lyra and Roxanne, my two faves going at it. What? Like not only do you have that, but on top of that, They've added this whole story with uh, Tatum Paxley being obsessed with Lyra Valkyra. And at first thing, you know, they brought it in. They incorporated it, incorporated it very, very slowly. You had uh, Tatum kind of being a little bit stalkerish. At one point, she looked like she was sniffing Lyra Valkyra. And now, on today's show, Lyra basically tried to give her the hints. Tell her that, you know, the last time when they tagged, it was more so of a one-time thing but she needs to go and move in her own direction. So she kind of tried to break things up with Tatum, right? And Tatum, I'm not sure. Now, here's the thing. I'm not sure if Tatum, and this is probably coming from like the Mickey James, Trish Stratus uh, part of my brain in me, where I'm not sure if Tatum is obsessed with Lyra in terms like of an idol where she wants to be like her, where she's a fan of hers because she's a champion and she wants to be just like her. Or if she's obsessed with her in a different kind of way, a more uh, intimate sort of way. I'm not really sure what her obsession line is. And I at first was thinking the whole time, I was just thinking, oh, she's uh she's just a fan of hers because you know lyra is really cool so she's a fan girl she's just taking it to the extreme but then today when lyra tried to end things with her she did this like creepy thing with her feather i don't know what it was but she just did like a face and that face that face said a lot man i looked at that and i'm like i think there's something more here i'm not really too sure um but regardless it made me more interested um and again this comes from somebody that really loved the mickey james trish stratus storyline so i'm seeing shades of this like very like it's not it's nowhere near compared to what trish and mickey did obviously right totally different but those little shades of it are making me go okay i'm listening and so i'm like so obsessed with this story now And given the way that things ended, I'm even more obsessed. So here's what went down. We had the contract signing. Ava Rain was facilitating all of this between both girls. And we had some pretty good promos from both Lyra and Roxanne. Um, It was primarily a little bit more of Roxanne. Roxanne was doing, I think, a little bit more of the talking where Roxanne And also, I'm not sure, but for a second, it felt like Roxanne was more of the heel in this. Like, I don't feel like she's 100% heel, but she did feel a little bit more like heelish during this entire segment. But she went up there and she basically said that, you know, she worries that Lyra got to this spot way too fast and she mentioned something about the crowd that I thought was interesting because if you guys notice there's times where Roxanne Perez gets cheered and there's times where Roxanne Perez gets booed I remember this one show where they just like randomly started booing her and I remember we were all talking about it that day like what did Roxanne do why is everybody booing her and Roxanne kind of alluded to that a little bit in this promo because she told Lyra you know one second the crowd is going to love you and the next they're going to be booing you and when I take your title away and you have to pick up all of the pieces are you going to be able to rebuild yourself the way that I have because I rebuild myself to get back into this title picture and I didn't even lose my NXT Women's Championship, and I still had to work my way back to this moment. So I'm not really too sure here, but I felt that Roxanne Perez made some good points. I thought that Lyra made some good points, but for the most part, it was more so a little bit of Roxanne in this. But of course, Lyra like stood up for herself. Uh, She did her bit. The crowd is behind her, all of that. So they shake hands. They have the little moment where they do the little, um, you know, God, uh, Lyra raises up the NXT Women's Championship and they do their little face off and that's it, right? But instead, as Lyra is walking away and Roxanne is still in the ring, Tatum Paxley comes from behind and attacks Roxanne Perez. Now, keep in mind, this happened after Lyra tried to dump her, tried to get rid of her. And she was like, no, I'm going to... She took it as something else, and she took it as like, I'm going to attack Roxanne Perez to get into the good. Graces of Lyra, and Lyra was like, "What are you doing? Why'd you do this?" Ugh. And Tatum's like, "Oh, you know, I thought this is what you wanted, and I freaking love that." Um, Tatum Paxley is ride or die, everybody, ride or die. Um, I was such a big fan of the way that Tatum came in and just attacked Roxanne Perez, but I'm really looking forward to this match. I don't know if Tatum's gonna get involved in the actual matchup at Vengeance Day. I don't know. Um. I'm still not expecting Lyra to lose that vengeance day. So it could be a situation where maybe she helps her win, but Lyra obviously doesn't want it. Who knows? Something's going to go down. I'm not expecting a title change here, guys. I'm not expecting a title change. Something's going to go down. Clearly it's going to have Tatum Paxley involved somehow. It's just a matter of how they actually decide to execute it. Um, But it's going to be... It's going to be fun. It definitely is. All right. Let's see what people are saying here. Um, this is from Will Chisholm who says, you know, it's going to be funny when Ava turns heel and starts slapping people like Stephanie McMahon. Ooh, Stephanie McMahon. She had a good slap, guys. Like when she slapped somebody, you knew watching at home that that thing absolutely hurt. She had one of the best slaps I've ever seen. Do you Remember when she slapped her mom? Goddamn. I was like. Oh. <gasps> I think everybody was like, oh, she slapped her mom. Sheldon Jansen says Tatum Patsley is the love child of Nikki Cross and Mickey James. Ah, I like that. She's got like the creepy factor that Nikki Cross had. And then the obsession factor from Mickey James. Oh, God, I remember those days. I remember like having a big giant, not even a big giant, actually. Um, because I used to buy WB magazines back in the day. I know, right? Total nerd, whatever. I used to buy WB magazines back in the day. Um, And rather, I should say, I didn't even buy them. I begged my grandma to buy them for me when we would go to the grocery store. I'd be like, Please, please, can you buy me the magazine? Please, please. So, my grandma would buy me the magazine. She always like just caved in. And so, um anyway, so in the magazine one time, they did this really gorgeous spread of Mickey James, and I remember like having Mickey James's pictures up on my wall because I just thought she was the coolest, the coolest. I mean, I went through this obsession phase between so many different of the women's uh women's wrestlers where I just like thought they were absolutely the kill the coolest. It started with China. From China it went to Lita. From Lita, it went to I think it was Melina. And then from Melina, it went to Mickey James. And then after Mickey James, I don't think there was really anybody else that kind of like because probably because I grew up. So I grew out of that like idolization phase. <laughs> um kind of grew out of it. But those were like the people that Man, I was just a big fan of. Anyways, we got the black sheep here who says, Gas um, fuera de la cocida. <laughs> the black sheep, thank you so much for making me laugh here. Um, for those of you guys who uh, don't speak Spanish, the black sheep says, What are you doing outside of the kitchen? By the way, when it comes to that, I really wish I knew how to cook, though. I don't know how to cook. My husband does all the cooking and he is a way better cook and he likes to cook. So I'll let him do his thing and I just eat. <laughs> Christopher Marino says, uh, if Tatum interference leads to um, the outcome in any way, I'm going to be pissed. I'm not. I'm not going to be pissed. I prefer a straightforward story, of course. But I think this story with between Lyra and Roxanne has the potential of being extended all the way to stand and deliver yeah maybe no maybe that's too long let me see: January February March April never mind that may be a little bit too long I may be pushing it um it could they could eventually circle back to that at NXT stand and deliver but I don't know I want to see Lyra really work with a bunch of different women because they have them there they have a lot of options so I would like to see Lyra kind of touch on a bunch of different competitors and a bunch of different stories so Um, I would prefer a straightforward victory for Lyra but I also think they might want to protect Roxanne and you know how it is when they want to do that they tend to do some sort of like interference stuff instead of just having her go out there and just tell this awesome match and get over in that way even if she loses she gets a win because of the match was really good and her performance was really good right they usually go the route of let's do some sort of interference well, we'll see what happens. Christopher Marino, thank you so much for the super chat as well. Um, All right. So let's see where we're at with all of this. Uh, Tony Hayes says, Denise had a girl crush. Every girl has a girl crush. Oh, you have to have like girl crushes. And it's not like in a way where it's like, oh, I'm in love with this person. No, I see like girl crushes are more so when you're growing up. It's more so like this um, idolization, right? Because you're young, you're impressionable. You don't really know who you are so when you see an older woman that is like you know gorgeous and smart and talented and all of these things and you're like oh my god that's exactly what i want to be when i grow up it's more so like that so if any of you guys have like daughters or sisters chances are uh at some point they went through that like idolization phase and i think we still like go through it just like in different ways because I know I've been going through it for the last 15 years with Taylor Swift. And I'm out here talking about how I grew up out of putting people's posters on my wall. Um, <laughs> I guess I didn't even. <laughs> uh, long story short, I still got a ton of posters on my wall. Uh, and they're all about Taylor Swift. So you know what? Maybe having grown out of the infatuation phase like I thought I had. I don't know. All right. Damn. Now I'm out here just realizing it. Um, All right. So let's go ahead and press on from this, guys. Uh, We got so much more to get into. Uh, All right. Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Really quickly, guys. We kicked things off with an opening match that was really, really fun. Um, It was Axiom and Nathan Frazier versus Baron Corbett and Braun Breaker. All right. I'm just going to say it right now. This is the best. Baron Corbin match I've seen in NXT, and possibly the best Baron Corbin match I've seen in a very long time. And when it comes to Braun Breaker, him and Baron Corbin, they're sort of pulling, bringing out the best out of each other. They're working. Um, I forget what they're calling themselves—the Wolf Dudes or the Wolf Boys, Wolf Guys, Wolf men Oh my gosh, Wolf Gang. Oh my God, I forgot what they were calling themselves. Wolf dogs, thank you, MD89. I was like, "Wolf something, Um, wolf dogs. Uh, I like that they're calling themselves wolf dogs. But the reason why this was entertaining was because you had this clash of styles, right? You have Braun Breaker, who's more of this like powerhouse type of dude, right? He runs in ropes and it's so much intensity and everything he does comes with like a lot of fire and a lot of this. And Axiom and Nathan Frazier are more so of your, you know, You're going to be seeing them do like freaking her and moonsaults and 450s and all of these other things. And so you also have this size difference, right? Braun Breaker's big and bulky. Baron Corbin is also really big. He's not as bulky as Braun Breaker, but he's still a big dude. And you compare them to Axiom and Nathan Frazier. And these two guys are, you know, a lot tinier, a lot smaller. They don't have as much muscle. And so what you got here was... <laughs> this clash of styles, but Braun Breaker and Baron, especially Braun, especially Braun. Like he's out there freaking um, you know, clotheslining people. Like we see a Spanish fly at one point. Axiom hits a Spanish fly on Braun Breaker. And then at one point, we see Nathan Fraser hit a Phoenix splash on Braun Breaker. And Braun Breaker almost loses, but Baron Corbin ends up breaking the three count. And so then Baron ends up hitting the end of days on Axiom. And then all of a sudden Braun comes in with this spear on Nathan Frazier and wins the match. But that was like the big thing. Like I remember at one part, Braun clotheslined, I think it was, I forgot if it was Axiom, might've been Axiom or might've been Nathan. Um, (laughs) Who did he clothesline? Oh, it was Axiom. Yeah, it was Axiom. Sorry guys. I had to double check my notes. Uh, It was Axiom. He clotheslined him and dude flipped like three times. It was really, really good. Um, So this was the win. This was definitely the best match so far in this Dusty Cup Classic. And now they are going to go on to Vengeance Day. And they're either going to face Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams or the LWO. Uh, It all depends on who wins the semifinals match next week on NXT. And the way that things are going for Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams I don't know if they're going to make it all the way to vengeance day. Although I'm pretty sure they are because I think that's the story that we're going with here. You know, they've been talking a whole lot about how trick Williams is going to have to have possibly two matches at vengeance day. So. Speaking of trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes, we need to get to this portion of the show. And it's pretty much a lot of the same thing here now. Uh, You get Carmelo Hayes trying to talk trick williams into thinking that elia dragunov is playing with him is using him he is trying to make it seem like elia sees him as a threat and is dishonest in his intentions with giving him his rematch now us watching nxt we all are buying elia dragunov's intentions like when elia approached Trick Williams and told him, I'm going to give you your rematch and I'm going to give you your rematch on the biggest stage at Vengeance Day. We're going to do this. At no point do I think that anybody watching the show thought, oh, Ilya Dragunov's being dishonest with his intentions regarding this rematch. Nobody, nobody we all, we were all like, all right, Ilya Dragunov got screwed by the medical team. He was taken out. He wasn't cleared. But you know what? He's a man of his word. And he's going to give this matchup that Trick Williams fought so hard for in the Iron Survivor. So nobody was buying that Ilya Dragunov was dishonest at any point. But Carmelo Hayes is using manipulation tactics to make, Car- to make Trick Williams think that Dragunov is trying to play games with him. He thinks he's setting him up for failure by giving him this match at Vengeance Day, knowing full well that he's in the Dusty Cup tournaments. Now, I don't think that that uh, that's what Ilya Dragunov is doing, Um, but that's really what Carmelo Hayes thinks he's doing. And the best part in this is that Hayes keeps telling Trick Williams to wake up. I think we can all agree. Wake up, Trick Williams. Wake up and smell the coffee. Um. smell the coffee that's funny because he wrestled joe coffee i didn't mean to do that on purpose (laughs) that happened on accident but anyways um wake up and smell the coffee trick because it is carmelo hayes who is doing you dirty behind your back but anyways he has this match with joe coffee Ilya dragunov is on commentary and there was sort of this misunderstanding, I think, at the end of this match where Joe accidentally ends up getting Ilya with the boot to the face, and then Ilya Dragonoff gets pissed, right? So he tries to get into the ring and get his hands on Joe. But instead, <laughs> sorry guys, I'm still thinking of that coffee thing because now I'm thinking Joe, cup of Joe. God damn it really messed me up anyways so he gets into the ring he tries to get his hands on Joe Coffey for hitting him with the boots and Carmelo Hayes goes in there and takes out Ilya Dragunov Trick Williams wins this match but then gets attacked by Joe Coffey and Carmelo Hayes doesn't do anything about it he just watches so it seems like they really weren't on the same page here. It seems like things are finally starting to unravel. Their Trick re- Williams is really trying to make this relationship work. He seems to be going up against his gut instinct here, but pretty soon this is gonna unravel. We just don't know when. They just keep showing us all the red flags. Like Trick Williams, my friend, he is not seeing those red flags, man. He is not seeing them. Um. All right. So Jesus Christ, I keep saying Josh? I'm dead. I literally kept saying Joe coffee like 15 times. My bad guys. Josh Briggs. God damn it. My brain was Joe coffee. And then it stuck with the cup of coffee and the freaking cup of Joe. Somebody else take over the show, guys. I'm firing myself. I'm firing myself. That's what I'm doing, guys. Auditions are going to be held next week. Somebody else can host the show. Told you guys, today was not my day. All right, let's blame it on the drugs that the dentist gives me. Although he didn't really give me that many drugs today. He only, he didn't even give me drugs today, actually. So I can't even blame it on that. Today, they didn't give me no drugs at the dentist. I am drug free and making errors on my own accord. All right, so... (laughs) all right um let's press on from here guys um i want to get into to uh the women's match because we got quite a bit here and uh we had ren sinclair versus lash legend and this one here so this was ren's first nxt matchup and we had seen her made her debut last week in the battle royal so she goes up against lash legend now lash legend had a good like last month of 2023 uh she had that really big moment with Otis she had that big moment with um she had the big moment with Otis and then she had the big moment at Iron Survivor where she came out and she looks pretty damn good she's been doing a good job honestly like Lash Legend went from somebody that was just on the show no biggie nothing more and then all of a sudden um she impressed people and so she comes out she has this match with Ren and here's the thing like Ren is not like a tiny girl. Like, I feel like she's a pretty good size. And, but Lash Legend went in here and just made her, like, made herself just look like this dang freaking powerhouse in this match. And I like that, though. I liked it because I know that Ren is not like super tiny. So the fact that she was able to look like such a powerhouse next to her, I thought that was definitely something that uh, stood out to me. Uh, The match was brief, but it was good. Ren looked great. Ren showed a lot of spark. She showed personality. Uh, She wasn't someone that you kind of just forget about because we've seen that sometimes where a couple of girls will come in and there's really not much going on, but you kind of might forget. But you know what though? She came out and she did a freaking good job. She made me pay attention to her. And Lash Legend got the win, which she should because she's been doing her thing for quite a bit on NXT. And this was a solid victory for Lash Legend given the fact that, again, she defeated somebody that um, even though she's new, I think she's already shown quite a bit. Also, I liked that Ren. Uh, She had this moment backstage with Fallon Henley. And Ren was basically like kind of anxious, uh, maybe overthinking her first matchup, she was clearly nervous, and that was like the bit that they were playing up on. And I really liked this because I thought that was probably one of the most relatable things that I've seen, like in a while. Because think about this. She was going out there to have her first match. Clearly, she's nervous. She's talking about not wanting to make enemies, trying to make the right friends, this and that. Uh, to me, Ren. And I we connected. We connected with that. I loved that little backstage promo that they did. Um, anyways, it looks like we're probably gonna be getting Felon Henley and Lash Legend because, because afterwards we had Felon Henley and um I forget the other girl who's also part of Metaphor, and they were both going in to almost attack Ren Sinclair, but instead. Felon Henley went out there to have her back. So they seem to be forming a friendship. And within this, you're probably going to see Felon Henley and Lash Legend, which is cool because Felon Henley, she needs a bigger story. And I think she's been doing a good job with what she just did with Tiffany Stratton. So it's like, OK, well, how do you keep so how do you keep this spotlight on Tiffany Str- I'm sorry on Fallon Henley how do you keep the spotlight on her well you have her go out there and you have her tell more stories and right now Lash Legend like I said she had a good last month in 2023 so you know while we still remember that while we're still coming off of that I think that they can tell a little story there between them so that should be kind of fun there uh thank you so much to everybody else uh Jacara, Jakara Jackson There's so many freaking names, guys. So many names. So many people on NXT. Can I remember everybody? (laughs) Oh, man, I'm dead. All right. Um, Let's go ahead and continue on from here. And let's go ahead and get into Dijak versus Joe Gacy. So this one here, Dijak was attacked by Joe Gacy when he was doing his entrance. And Joe Gacy... um, and him basically this match doesn't even like culminate to anything because it ends up with them just like brawling and fighting and Joe Gacy puts him through sorry Dijak puts Joe Gacy through that platform that's on the stage they fight on the outside the referees and staff come out to try to break them up but they're not able to he puts them through the commentary table they continue to brawl this my friends, was needed for both of these guys because we've talked about this before Dijak came in and we thought oh they're gonna do a lot with Dijak and he's had a couple of good moments but that's been about it and then when it comes to Joe Gacy Joe Gacy has this character change and truthfully I still don't know what the character is uh one second he's jumping from buildings or threatening to jump from a building the next he's hiding under the ring stealing ring bells then he's doing commentary uh he's sort of all over the place so I'm not exactly sure what I'm supposed to say Joe Gacy's character is He's just all over the place, um, and, but now adding this whole element of we can't get our hands off each other, we want to kill each other, we want to rip each other to shreds. That within itself just adds quite a bit to both Dijak and Joe Gacy, and kind of spices up the storyline just a little bit. Um, Will uh, Chisholm says, "Is it a safe space to say Nia Jackson Lash Legend is the most improved in WWE in ring wise?" And it's totally different because Lash Legend is and the developmental side of things, okay? I'm mean, like, she has to improve, right? Like, that's what developmental is for. And Nia Jax, you know, her journey has just been entirely different. Uh, You know, she was released, she came back, and people were like, oh, no, Nia Jax is back. But you know what? She came back, and she hasn't been terrible. Um, You know, she hasn't been terrible. So give her her due for that. Um, But to totally, I feel like you can't really – Like, you definitely can compare the two, and I don't think you were trying to compare the two because, again, it's just two different timelines, two different uh, journeys, two different stages of their career. So I can't really compare those two, but I do think that Lash Legend has had um, pretty good growth on on NXT. And there's somebody else I'm going to talk about later on, one of the other girls, one of the other women on the show that I think had shown way more today than we have seen throughout her entire time on NXT. And I cannot wait uh, to talk about that, but I'm gonna do so immediately following our magic spoon ad. My new year's resolution is to cut back on sugar and add more protein to my diet to help me stay on track of my fitness goals this year. And Magic Spoon makes that easier and more delicious than ever. Magic Spoon comes in a variety pack. The four flavors are cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. This pack has zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and four to five grams of net carbs. Only 140 calories a serving. It's high protein, has zero grams of sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. My favorite flavor is the fruity one. Head on over to magicspoon.com Denise to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use my promo code, Denise, at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, start the new year off right with a delicious bowl of high-protein cereal at magicspoon.com denise and use the code denise to save $5 off. Alrighty, everyone, BTW, you can find the Magic Spoon links in the description box below. And if you guys do purchase Magic Spoon, let me know. Hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. Um, It really helps just to kind of gauge where I'm at and stuff because uh, breaking down the fourth wall here, uh, the more sales I do, the more that they are willing to sponsor me uh, and sponsor these podcasts. So I try to kind of gauge where I'm at and how I'm doing uh, by that. But, anyways, all right, let's get back to it. So, prior to that, I had mentioned that there was somebody else that I thought really, really showed improvement here tonight. So let's get to it. Let's talk about the supernova sessions with Lola Vice. Now I'm not necessarily talking about Lola Vice here. I'm talking about Electra Lopez. So Electra Lopez, as we know, she got started on NXT with Legado del Fantasma, and she was, you know, just like this really gorgeous woman and they had her as the centerpiece of this group she had a couple of little promos here and there but nothing really not too much of a spotlight I would say if the spotlight was her was on her it was shared with the entire group not just her and then when Legada went to the main roster she did not go up with them she was um, replaced by Zelina which is unfortunate because like that was the thing that she was doing on NXT so you would think that if they got called up they would all get called up together and I can imagine I've said this a million times but I can imagine that Electro Lopez was probably like damn. I know I would have been, I would have been like, damn. Um, and so after that, like there really wasn't much happening with Electra. And then she got paired up with Lola Vice. And I remember when she got paired up with Lola Vice, I thought this is kind of weird, but okay, I guess they would be friends. Okay, fine. I can see why they'd be friends. Cool. What now? And then I thought that they were probably going to go the tag team direction or something along those lines. It didn't happen. But l- last week on the Battle Royal, we had Lola Vice completely turn on Electra, Completely turned on her. She attacked her. She eliminated her. She did not give a damn about her former BFF. And so Electra Lopez... Came out here after Lola was being in, she was being inter uh, interviewed by Noam Dar in the Supernova Sessions. Um, it was Electra Lopez when she came out and she completely cut this promo on Lola Vice where I felt like damn. She got her good here. Like, I feel Electra Lopez definitely won this promo uh, that they did here. I thought she did phenomenal. Like, she went out there. She was confident. She was clear with her words. She didn't stumble. And given that we haven't really heard too many promos from her, I was not really expecting her to, like, you know, blow me, blow my freaking socks off. And that's literally what she did. She went out there and she was making fun of Lola Vice. She said, like, oh, she went from uh, being this girl who was auditioning for a reality TV show to being a fake shadow boxer, uh, making fun of her MMA career. And then she says, now you're here with the WWE while you're a phony and you only got here by shaking your ass on Instagram. And the crowd starts chanting, she's a phony. And then the other half is like, no, she's. Not and I'm thinking, damn, she got the crowd to chant something organically um based off of what she said. And so that was really good. The line about her shaking her ass and Instagram and the shots that she threw about her, getting the crowd behind her. Um, I thought she came at her hard, she came at her good. Uh, this has been her by far her best moment on nxt um so i did want to take a second to shout out electra lopez because i did not know she had all of this in her so shout out to electra i'm looking forward now to seeing more i'm looking forward to seeing what she can do now uh it seems like she has this new surge of confidence uh that we're probably going to be seeing all righty so um Anyways, we are going to be seeing that match between Electra Lopez and Lola Vice next week on NXT. All right, we got a couple more topics to get into. Before I do, just a heads up to everybody. Um, tomorrow, I will be back. I'm going to be doing two shows tomorrow. So tomorrow um, at noon Pacific Standard Time, I'm going to be doing a Royal Rumble prediction show. Um, that one's going to be really fun. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to be doing, with Jason, um, doing the podcast with Jason Solomon. It's going to be a really good time. And then Wednesday nights, I will be on with Reg and we're going to be doing the AEW Dynamite post show on Friday. I don't think I'm going to be here talking about Smackdown since I will be in Tampa, but I'm going to be posting a ton of content on Friday, on Saturday, on Sunday. um, here on the YouTube channel, all from the Royal Rumble. So for those of you guys who want to like find out what your favorite superstars are saying and doing and all of that stuff, um, I will be there trying to gather as much content as possible and putting it out here on the channel. So I think there'll be some good stuff here. Uh, So make sure you guys check that out. And, um, and then Reg and I are also doing a Royal rumble post show on Sunday. And that is currently scheduled for um, 12 Pacific Eastern time. So there's a lot happening, guys, like a lot happening this week. And there are so many media events. There's going to be a lot of good stuff coming out of the Royal Rumble. Um, but let's go ahead and get into the rest of the show. I'll kind of jump around a little bit because there's some things that are like so-so. Lexus King versus Trey Bearhill. How dare they do this to me, guys? I was so upset because they had Trey Bearhill go out there without his freaking theme song. They just had him in the ring. I was like... I look forward to that, man. Dear NXT people, I look forward to Trey Bearhill's entrance. Um, they did me dirty by not having Trey Bearhill come out with his little song. You guys know. I look forward to that. Um, but anyways, we went straight forward into this match. Alexis King gets the win. I like this. Straightforward win for Alexis King with a, with a uh, challenger that they actually had this story now going with them for the last couple of weeks. So good start there. Like that. There really wasn't anything much else to add. Chase you. They're taking away their um, furniture. They're looking to say goodbye next week. But let's not forget that JC Jane has been working on the plan. What that plan is, I don't know. And as for Thea Hale and Riley Osborne, Riley asked to speak with Thea Hale. And uh, they're going to have a talk. What that talk's going to be, I don't know. But I cannot wait for NXT Anonymous to come out and be like getting these videos of Riley and Thea. Who knows? We'll see. All right, Dragon Lee versus Scripps. This was a pretty okay match. Some cool little moments. I like the um Spanish uh thing they did, like a Spanish, standing Spanish fly in the center of the ring. That was kind of fun. Uh, of course, two guys that can do all of the flippy stuff, so that was definitely something that was incorporated into this. Dragon Lee gets the victory, though, and the big thing that really came out of this, well, it was two things. One, we got it's official. We're going to be seeing Dragon Lee versus Obafemi at Vengeance Day for the NXT North American Championship. So he is getting his rematch. And then the other thing that we got from this is that we're going to be seeing a six-person tag that was made for Vengeance Day. It's going to be Tony D'Angelo, Stax Lorenzo, Adriana Rizzo uh, versus OTM and um, freaking... OTM and uh, Jada Parker excuse me I was like what the hell is it Jada Parker um BTW shout out to Adriana Rizzo I thought she kind of has been looking cool the last couple of weeks and I haven't talked about her as much but I like her voice her voice and her accent and the way that she talks and she comes across as like this very like tough girl like I wouldn't mess with Adriana Rizzo Hell no, she'd take my lights out. Uh, I thought she did good today. She had like this dive that she did. I thought that came out really nice. So I don't know. She's she's piquing my interest. She's peaking my interest. Um, all right, so Robert Stone and Von Wagner, they have a quick segment. Nothing much else, nothing really here. They train him in the football field. The kids are back. I'd been wondering about that. I had been wondering what happened to the kids because if you guys remember. Before I think it was before Thanksgiving or before Christmas, one of the holidays, they did this dinner thing where they went to Robert Stone's house. Von Wagner was there with his wife and his children, and they kind of made it seem like something sus was going down. Like they made it seem like those kids weren't his, even though they are his. They were making it seem like they weren't. And so I was wondering if there was going to be a follow up to that. And there hasn't been a follow up to that. So I'm assuming That they put this out there and it didn't end up being what we all thought it was going to be. Because that's the way that it read. It read like if she had had some sort of affair. And I was even wondering like, wow, they're really going this direction with the story. Uh, Turns out they're not. And we all read this the wrong way. Uh, So we'll see. But I do like when the kids come out. They're pretty funny. They're fun. Um, Last thing to get into for NXT. We had Carmen Petrovic versus Blair Davenport. really nasty stomp from Blair to Carmen on her back looked nasty but nasty in a good way because it was effective and karma sorry Carmen Carmen looked really good with her kicks and whatnot she hit a clothesline on Blair she had some good little moments here but Blair takes her out with a strike and gets the victory so this was good for two reasons one Blair gets her win cool thumbs up you know she won the Iron Survivor she didn't become an XT Women's Champion but you still want to keep her strong and then you've got Carmen Petrovic who uh we've only been seeing a little bit but this was probably I think the match that I feel like I've seen more of her than any of her other matches or maybe she just grabbed my attention a little bit more in this matchup but I thought she looked good I really liked all of her um strikes that she was giving to Blair Davenport I was a fan of that so I thought she looked pretty okay um that's literally it. We ran down all of NXT. Um, That was this week's show. Uh, Damn, it was a good one, guys. It was a pretty decent episode, I would say. Um, Before I go, just a heads up to everybody. I know I say this every freaking show, but for reals, guys, I need some new reviews to read. So if you haven't already, head on over to Spotify or to Apple Podcasts. It's super easy. Even if you don't listen on the podcast version, uh, if you just watch on YouTube, go leave a comment, go leave a review uh, because it helps out the podcast so much. And if you do leave a review or anything like that, I will read it here on the show. The second that it pops up on my Apple page, uh, I will pull it up. And on Spotify, it's just a rating. I don't think you actually leave a message. I think that's only Apple podcasts. But if you just wanted to pop in and leave a nice rating, uh, that would really, really, go a long way. But other than that, guys, that's it for today. And I will see you guys back here tomorrow for Royal Rumble predictions, as well as AEW Dynamite conversation. Bye everyone.